0: with change management, we're always looking at communications, training, and business readiness. And that training aspect is where we do see a lot of synergies and we create a lot of relationships and working relationships with LD teams.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to The Block, the Building, Learning, and Organizational Culture podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Kirby, and on today's episode... I welcome my wonderful electric friend Lata Hamilton to talk about what I like to call L&D's cousin, change management. We compare the two fields and talk about what they have in common. And Lata shares why she likes to work with people in L&D. Hey, Lata, how are you? Hey, Heidi. Really, really good to be here. I'm very welcome. I'm. Good, good. I'm so glad to have you here. And we're just going to jump right in. And we're going to start with tell me about you. Tell me about what you do, how you got to where you are today, and anything fun you want to share. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, and thanks so much for having me.
0: Uh, it's really great to be here, like I mentioned. And I guess a, a little bit about me. So I'm a change leadership expert and a confidence coach. Um, it's been an interesting path to get here. I've had a lot of varied careers. Um, on the road to today, I guess, is what I would say. So I have uh, worked in advertising, I've worked in marketing, I've worked in um, change management. So they're kind of like my three main careers that I've worked in. And I've worked in everything from really small creative agencies with just a handful of people, small startups to, you know, some of Australia's biggest companies, um, and working on changes that have impacted over 100,000 people, operating model changes that have impacted thousands of people, global cultural transformations, straddling continents and digital transformation that's changing the way we work. So a big diverse background um, on the path to, to where I've been here, but I guess alongside my corporate career, I also uh, started my own business and became an accredited chain, um, uh, coach and neurolinguistic programming practitioner. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of been growing that along the side and now I'm at a stage where I bring the two together and that's why I've sort of made a bit of a move from, I guess, talking mostly about change management. So I am a change management, um, uh, a change manager, I should say, I'm, and I've kind of don't talk about change management as much. I talk about change leadership and the intersection between, You know, how we lead change in organizations, how we lead change for our teams, how we lead change for our people, but then also how we lead change for ourselves, how we grow our own confidence and our own leadership skills, and how we step into our own leadership and our own light. So I help women carve their own paths for change in any area, whether it's their career, their leadership, or their life. Um... So yeah, it's been really a, a really interesting journey uh, coming to this stage. And I just feel so blessed to be able to bring everything all together and wrap it all together. Everything that I love to do, everything that I'm really good at doing, um, bringing it all together to really empower empower women in their leadership and their future.
1: I love it. I love women in leadership. Yeah. <laughs> it's a so beautiful great. space, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And if you haven't figured out as a listener, how this relates to learning and development (laughs) by now by minute two, then I'll spell it out for you. But I think it's pretty clear when you talk about, you know, influencing change at your organization, leading change at your organization, um, looking at it holistically. In learning and development, we do the same thing, but just with learning rather than change, right? And the culture of learning and integrating different learning experiences into the organization. And it takes some change management skills to do that even, right? A lot of training programs and things like that. But if we think about learning and development as a profession, I don't know, I would call it like a cousin maybe to change management or something like that maybe, right? Um, Especially if we think of like traditional learning and development as like, housed under HR and serving um, the internal teams, especially where, you know, learning is gathering all the information you need for the job you have and development is gathering all the information for the job you want to have. And so thinking in terms of that learning and development team being responsible for um, learning programs onboarding sales enablement leadership development all of those great things um you know that's kind of the the bread and butter of learning and development could you give me kind of like the definition of change management as a profession and why it kind of is the cousin to learning and development yeah i love that the cousin we're
0: all yeah. family right and it does yeah family sometimes when you like Find those professions that really do partner up, and they're sort of, you know, singing yeah. from the same hymn book and like, you know, singing the same tune, and it is just really beautiful to have those connections across an organisation or across across industries even. Um, so, change management, I love to define things really simply, and you know, I have a lot of students come through my programs and my courses, and um, I like to just really make things as simple as possible. So, I like to define change management as. Moving people from doing things in one way to doing things in a new way in the organisation, and that could be a new process, a new system, a new team structure, a new um, a new site, like moving to a new site. It could be the the move to remote work because of COVID. It could be the move back to the office. So anything that changes in an organisation, and the only other thing that I would sort of say is we we do that in order to realize the business benefits so we don't just do change management to have people feel good it's not just a fluffy practice we actually are doing it so that we can realize the business benefits change management usually works on projects often not always um, but probably about 95 percent of change work is done in the project space and so we're really looking at how can we actually extract the benefits from the project? How can we make sure that it lands successfully and is adopted successfully in the organization, in order to be able to realize the benefits, realize how people are going to improve the way that they do things, um, and improve their experience as well. So with change management, we actually sort of focus in three key areas, which is I think where like that connection with learning and development really comes in. Because with change management, we're always looking at communications, training and business readiness. And that training aspect is where we do see a lot of synergies and we create a lot of relationships and working relationships with L&D teams. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, I, it is just a match made in heaven. It, it just works so well together um, when when we're able to, to harness those skills from, from L&D professionals into the change space and vice versa.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think of specifically a project that I worked on that was – Implementing a new HRIS system for our HR team. And that had really, well, at first, it had nothing to do with learning and development. It was really just about enablement internally, right? And so there was a ton of change management and communication that had to go into that. And that's, you know, HRIS system, that's that's people's lives, that's people's paychecks, right? Like all of their time off, all of those things are housed in such a system. And so it becomes super crucial. But yeah, I think that's great. I think it is a match made in heaven. So how can change management help a learning team with the changes?
0: Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, a lot of the change that I've worked on has been in that digital space and has been in sort of like, you know, technology transformations or um, technology systems and implementations. And we're seeing a huge increase, I guess, like an influx of those sorts of systems um, within like the world, just generally. There is a lot of new technologies coming out specifically for the learning and development space, um, for, you know, ed tech, all of those sorts of things that would partner for learning and development. So in terms of like where change management could help an LND team, if they were looking to implement like a system like that or looking to do, even even looking to do any kind of program. But if we talk about a system, I think it's something that everybody can kind of relate to, everybody can kind of connect with so when we when so like I mentioned it's sort of like change management looks at the big picture of the change mm-hmm. we're not just looking at a particular process we're not just looking at a particular system we look holistically at the entire environment that that system or that that um, change is going to sit in and we look end to end so we go you know not just what do people need to know about this um, how, like how to like the things that people need to learn about how to use the system, for example, or um, we also look at, you know, why, why are we needing to, to implement the system? What are the benefits of the system? What are some of the other things that people need to know? Or what are some of the other questions that they would like that they would ask about this system? And then how does this system relate to other systems that already exist in the organization, or other systems that might be on the roadmap for future implementation? So we really look holistically with a change perspective. And I know that that's sometimes because we're in that project space. If you think about it, like a lot of LND teams that I've worked with, so learning and development teams that I've worked with, they're actually like a business as usual team that sit in the business. Um, and so they're you know usually like a permanent team that sits in the business and they, they are usually at capacity. They have a lot already yeah. on their plate. They have those regular programs and rhythms that they're, they're delivering. Plus then they have their learning and development projects on top. Whereas a change manager usually comes in specifically to work on a project, so we have a little bit more of that bandwidth, I think, to kind of look more holistically and see the bigger picture Um, and then to be able to really partner with that learning team. We, We do look at, like, the whole IT environment and we can kind of sometimes... Ask ask tricky questions because we want to understand exactly what this is going to mean for people and their experience and um, the integration and the um, implementation. We want to we want to understand all of those things. So sometimes we might ask questions around, great, like um you know like what's how, what's the whole IT environment around this? Where's this got to fit into the whole IT ecosystem? Um, how are you going to support this ongoing? How are you going to make sure that it improves in the future, that it's not just like set and forget this this L&D system, that it's actually going to be continuously improved in the future? Who's going to do that? How are they going to do that? When are they going to do that? What does that support model look like? Um, You know, what happens if you need to update things and what happens if that system... You know, isn't isn't supported by the, the vendor anymore down the down the track. What are you going to do about it? So we look at not just putting the system in. How do we keep the system there and keep it useful and sustainable and um, being used by people? There's like a really good example that I have actually on this is like, there's one like learning tool um, that is like a bit of a like a um, sort of an ed tech kind of an app. Uh, mm-hmm. But I won't mention the name of it because I don't want to like necessarily uh, put it under the spotlight. But like this tool gets used on, on, on the to- over the top of other tools. And it's like, mm. that's great. But then so like, you can implement it, but then you've really got to have that process ongoing around how you're going to keep it up to date. How are you going to keep making sure that if your business process changes in the business, that this tool, that there's a process to make sure that this tool gets updated at the same time. So it is really looking at that whole end to end, not just now, but right into the future. And then the other thing is like, I'm very much um, like something that I do in, in the in the change leadership course that I have, which is leading successful change. I really talk a lot about sort of stakeholder management, stakeholder engagement and stakeholder influence. And so as a change manager, I'll often like come into an organization and build relationships and build connections across the business really fast because I want to know who's sure. in the zoo. I want to know who could I, ha- who could, who needs to be engaged in order to help me deliver this change um, or who's going to own this change, you know, for the business moving forward. So we, we kind of connect with the business team, with the communications team, with the learning and development team, and we ke- we make connections all across the business. And I think sometimes like, you know, like I will play matchmaker between yeah. business teams and introduce them and, it might be that they they know of each other, but they've never really gone and sat down together. So like instead of, say, for example, instead of the learning and development team trying to come up with all the communications for their new system that they want to implement, it could be that, you know, I sort of introduce them and actually sit down and have a session with them with the comms team. And the comms team are experts mm. in how to communicate that system. And so then suddenly you're not being expected to do everything for your project end to end so really kind of like to connect those teams together. But then also what we also do in change is we, we do talk a lot about culture. We talk about our ways of working. We talk about what needs to change around a system or around the processes to make actually work effectively. What are some of the soft skills or the leadership skills or the extra capabilities that might be required And so we can help to embed a learning culture for a learning and development team who might come up with the learning culture and then change can help to actually bring it to the organisation. And then something that I think has been really powerful when I've partnered with um, learning teams in the past, it's like when there's like, for example, like a new operating model and there are those new, you mentioned like development, those new skill sets, those new responsibilities in a role. It's a lot of work, isn't it, Heidi? (laughs)
1: Yes, yes, it's a lot.
0: And so, again, like if there is a new op model um, or restructure of a team and new roles and responsibilities, again, a change manager can kind of come in and help understand everything holistically end to end and how to really bring people on board with what that new op model or restructure or, or new team structure, I should say, would look like. So yeah, there's a lot that we can do to come in and help. And change management is still a pretty new industry um, and profession. It's it's not, it's not sort of um, not everybody knows what change is or knows how to use change. But when when change and learning come together, I just think it's magic. Like the magic just starts to happen because you sort of you have the same objective around really supporting people's experience and supporting people's development and how they can be the best version of themselves in an organization and in their career and in their life. So, yeah, I think that there's just so much value connecting each other.
1: Yeah. And I love what you say about, you know, being able to just add that extra layer of almost like the, not just the root cause analysis, but like, working to keep things Mm cross-functional because I think that that's where a lot of times learning and development is lacking a little bit right like you said we're always at bandwidth right Mm -hmm. we're always trying to prove our worth and prove our value but I think part of the problem is that we're so reactive right like I feel like every learning and development team that I've worked on is reacting to the business rather than being proactive mm-hmm. and I think working with change managers can help us to be able to be more proactive mm-hmm. and give us some of that extra bandwidth like you're talking about looking at things holistically especially with the software that goes over top of other software that will not be named there could be any of a few of them right yeah. like there's a few quite popular ones I don't out think
0: there Just it's it's <laughs> yeah People age right now is what I would say. Yeah. We just get this plethora of apps out there.
1: Yeah, but like that specifically is something that should be shared between learning and development, marketing, like depending on, you know, the structure of your business and what your products are, there are cross-functional efforts happening that if you're not aware of what the other teams in your organization are doing, you're going to be duplicating efforts. You're going to be, you know, people in learning and development always want the seat at the table and why aren't we, you know, involved in all these things. And and I think sometimes we do it to ourselves because we don't have those conversations with others and we don't find out what everyone else is working on and where we can collaborate rather than kind of be in those silos. So I think that that's, we, we have a lot to learn from change management.
0: And there's a good cost benefit there too sometimes, right? Like if you know that say three areas of the business, learning, marketing, and sales, for example, if they're all looking for a similar type of solution, like a similar type of system or app, it's like you can band together and go, hey, you know, we can yeah. triple, triple the number of licenses or triple the triple the implementation. And Pull pull the budget together and actually have more um, negotiating power, for example, with the vendors or implement better rather than having three separate project teams working on the same delivery, like pull your yes. resources together and, you know, like. <laughs> Many hands
1: make light work, right? So, yeah, um, yes. There is such a yes or work. worst case scenario, you have those three teams buying three separate pieces of software. You say that, you say that, Heidi. But I, I've seen it. I've seen it before I because of it.
0: because of that connections that you know, like I, I, make and I, I encourage my students in leading successful change. I encourage them to just go in, and just network widely across the business because exactly that scenario happens. It is reality. Um, and there's just there, there's easier ways of there's easier ways of doing business. Let's just say <laughs> there's easier
1: ways to get to get the results that you need. Um, yeah, yeah. So, what do change managers love about L and D professionals?
0: It's a you know what? Like I actually love working with the business teams, like the the business as usual teams that are sort of connected to change. And it's like you know. It's the same with the comms team. So if there's an internal communications team or a, or a communications team in the business, like I love going and working with them. If there's an L and D team or a training team in the business, I love going and working with them and and getting their support with the change. Um, often I don't have in the organisation. Like I don't have necessarily the the knowledge. The background mm, and like sort of that, sure. that subject matter expertise of how the business functions and how the business works and what the history has been, um, you know, what's been delivered before. So there's been changes where maybe yeah. it's the second or third stab at a change. Um, and the L&D team has gotten, has had that experience of like how how we've tried to implement it in the past. So getting that feedback and, and um, those reflections and those experiences is just absolute gold. And um, But yeah, like there's just a lot of relief, I think, when a learning and development person or a training person is allocated to a change because it's just this whole, you know, change is such a big, broad area. We cover comms, training, and business readiness. We're not necessarily experts in any one of those things. Like I have knowledge and expertise in each of them and I teach my students that too, but it's almost like, we, we're more high level and at the overview and it's really great to partner with people who have the expertise, have the skills, you know, have the knowledge about how people learn, how people absorb information and how people absorb capability and how people embed it and integrate capability to be able to actually partner us on a change and take on, you know, that real, that that um, focus and actually be able to to give the recipients of the change or the impacted teams or leaders of the change, give them their attention and give them their focus and their skills and expertise to help the training and capability part of the change. Um, if there isn't an LND person, I'll jump in to do it. Um, but yeah, like, or, or I'll have to coach somebody else in the team. Think, oh, sure. With, you know, I can yeah. sort of do the change planning and then um, somebody else will come in to help. So I've got to try and coach somebody from the ground up And it's just so much easier to have somebody who's already got those skill sets and they're they're really passionate about improving the experience of people, about developing people's skills, about developing people's, you know, confidence, about developing people's knowledge and their use of different systems and applications in a business. So, yeah, I just love it. Whenever we get the opportunity to partner with the L&D team or a training
1: team, I'm like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's great. I've never had the pleasure of having a change manager work on my team, but I think I would love that. I think there's also probably some folks that I've worked with in the past who would feel a little bit territorial mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. about having a change manager come in, and I'm sure that you have some stories about that kind of thing and um but what would be like your number one recommendation for change managers working together with L&D teams. So maybe you have an L&D team that has a couple of those people on it that are like, who's this person? And what are they doing here? And how would you kind of like break the ice and recommend that you work together instead of kind of being territorial?
0: Yeah, it does happen. And honestly, as a, as a change professional... <laughs> I'll come into an organization or into a project and I know I'm going to leave. I know I'm going to leave. So any thoughts that anybody has about like, um, you know, oh, they're coming in to take our job or they're trying to take over this bit and stuff like that, it's really not the case at all. We're we're, often change management, we're just looking to deliver and get the best outcome possible. So sometimes it is about sort of going, you know, this is my space. This is what I can do for you. Um, if you are an L and D professional, so going like having real clear delineation, like, hey, here's here's my skill set, here's my capacity, here's what I can do for you, and here's what I own and cover. Because oftentimes a change manager will be like, thank you, like thank you for for making that clear, and thank you for showing how I can how I can best work with you. Thank you for showing how like what the process is to engage your um your team or your 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 capacity um and also we're, we're usually like this is fantastic like we actually we actually would rather that um the business teams like L&D and like communications that they actually have a real hand in the change and that they come on board and actually partner with us because they're going to be there after we leave like the whole point of a change right. manager is to really help with transition we don't we don't stay around um like after the project usually, because most changes delivered on a project, we don't stay around. So it is about kind of probably just being really clear what your role is and how you'd like us to work with you. And the same goes for for any change professionals who are out there, like be aware that there are business teams that might sometimes feel like you're coming and sort of treading on their toes. So go in with respect go in with um, gratitude, go in with appreciation and, and ask the question, you know, how can I best help you? How can we best work together on this change and be open to being flexible? That's actually how I teach change leadership is, is, is I teach fit for purpose, practical change leadership through my leading successful change program. And it's like, how do you take all the things that you know how to do, but then in that organization, for that team, mm. for that profession, yeah. like for in that in that project, in that specific project, how do you make it work best for them and what's right in that moment? And it might be different. You might work with an L&D team on one project and they play and they, and they support you in one way or you engage and connect with each other in one way. And then for the next project that comes down the line, they might be like, nope, I'm at capacity. I'm not going to be able to help you with this. You'll have to do X, Y, okay. Z and it could chop and change even between projects in an organisation. So I think it is that mutual respect and that mutual appreciation and gratitude. Um, And yeah, and I also really do encourage, like, my students, for example, I encourage them to go and learn some of those extra skill sets so that they Mm -hmm. know what they're, um, so that they can go and learn and actually understand, even if it's just like a fundamentals, you know, course or a webinar or something like that, to understand what Like L and D professionals do, or what comms professionals do, so that they have that appreciation. Oh, here's what they need from me, or here's what their objectives are. Here's what the outcomes that they're trying to achieve in the business.
1: I love that, and I love that you talk about, you know, kind of the. There's got to be a tough shell there, right, to be a change manager because you're going to deal with the people who are change averse, right? Like that's just, that's part of the gig, right? But (laughs) in the same sense, again, that's another parallel to learning and development because we're going to deal with the people who don't want to do the training or who have no motivation to learn the thing, right? And that's our challenge too, is how do we get that person who's like, I don't even want to learn this new system. I didn't even want a new system to begin with. I've been here twelve years and we haven't had one in ten and, you know, and it's it's very much the same kind of struggle that we face mm-hmm. where people just get set in their ways and you have to just kind of come to them with the what's in it for you so that they're more open to it. yeah, yeah, absolutely. totally agree with you, Heidi. <laughs> Nice. So one of the things, one of my my big um, listener pools for the podcast is teachers or educators who are looking to get out of the classroom. And one of the questions that I get a lot that I'm just going to kind of make a comment on and then lead into the last question here um, is like, What if I don't want to design learning, but I like all of the the other aspects of instructional design, like needs analysis and, you know, creating a strategy and problem solving and things that sound a lot like (laughs) being a change manager. So I think that this could also be a great opportunity for some of the listeners who are not like, who are not jazzed about making e-learning, who are not feeling their graphic design skills who are, you know, feeling some type of way and would rather do this kind of organizational work to really look into it. So that leads me to my last question that I ask all my guests and that's if you could recommend just one resource to our listeners around change management, what would it be and why?
0: It would probably be I've got a I've got a free underpaid and overlooked coaching action guide on my website, so latahamilton.com. If you go across to there, you can actually see the Underpaid and Overlooked Coaching Action Guide, and it's a free download, and it's just a little guide that's just got a simple five-step process for building career confidence. And I think that that's where it all starts from. It's like a lot of people want to dive straight in, and they want to learn all the technical stuff around change and change leadership. And it's like unless you have the confidence to go and feel like you have a seat at the table, feel like you have a voice, feel like you can step into Mm. a team or into a project and lead that change. Or to even, you know, as you mentioned, if you're wanting to explore and change a career or earn, you know, earn more or get a promotion or something like that, it all starts from confidence and I don't I always say it's it's usually like the last tip that I give to people is like focus on your confidence first because everything else flows from that and people like kind of roll their eyes and they're like, no, I just want to learn, you know, the technical side of change. And I'm like, start with the confidence, build yourself up so that you actually have the the fuel in the tank to go in. You know, change careers or to explore more around change, and um, you know, would love like love to have you on leading successful change my program if you if leading if learning more about change is something that you want to do. But I would just say for ev- everybody, anybody who's listening, it's like build that confidence, learn how to have confidence in yourself, confidence in your worth, confidence in the value that you bring to whatever role you're in, to whatever team you're in, whatever project you're working on, or organisation or industry you're in. Because everything else flows from there and the world is your oyster and like so many paths will open up when you just build that self-worth internally and that confidence internally. So yeah, definitely check it out, ladahamilton.com and um, grab that grab that free guide.
1: Awesome. Yes, we'll definitely share that in the show notes. But thank you so much again for joining me. This has been awesome. And I hope it inspires tons of people to go find out more. Thanks so much for having me, Heidi. Thanks again for joining me on the blog. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and review us on your favorite podcast platform. I hope you'll tune in again soon.